0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Queer Talk, a queer podcast that brings you a regular dose of positive news stories and fabulous interviews. Hi!
2: throughout season three spencer and i will be hosting good news episodes where we will be joined by different guests each time to discuss some recent positive lgbtq plus
1: news articles but before we do that close your eyes we're going to go back in time listeners we're going to do queer time travel and i'm so excited for you to join us on this journey I'm only joking, we're not doing queer time travel, but we are bringing back a gorgeous guest and one of our bestest friends for a lovely little positive news roundup. Welcome back, fan favourite, Sheena Carmichael.
3: Hey. Hey. Hi. Hi. Um,
1: It is so good to have you back here in our virtual Queer Talk studio. Um, For those of you who don't know, Sheena is an absolute powerhouse and a mother to us all. She has incredible tits, which we recently had affirmed at the VIP Drinks for National Student Pride. Photos to be released very soon. And she continues to shine a light on the community, both inside and outside of work. Talking about tits, you haven't seen her sing <laughs> the
2: pink costume. <laughs> <laughs> that was tits everywhere. But more importantly, Sheena also ensures that our live shows go to plan and don't run over. It's fair to say that without Sheena, we would all be screwed. So, how are you feeling today, Sheena?
3: I'm good, thanks. How are you both?
1: Not bad, not bad at all. <laughs> I'm ready for this jelly, do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. excited for this episode. It's actually nice, it's kind of comforting to have someone back that we know knows the, the rodeo, you know? We don't have to worry about you, you just come and just deliver.
3: Show up, take your jobs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Girl, you take my job. Okay, scene. why don't we start with your news story? This one is about Heartstopper,
2: a new Netflix TV show that's coming out soon. And it's based on a graphic novel of the same name. Um, The graphic novel is written by Alice Oseman. And so the story of Heartstopper is about uh, two classmates, Charlie and Nick. Charlie is your kind of shy, out-of-the-closet schoolboy who's been bullied and is bullied sometimes for being gay. And Nick is a rugby playing currently in the closet schoolmate who becomes more protective over Nick. And that kind of sparks a friendship and a romance. Um, The graphic novel is very heartwarming and it's been very popular. So it makes sense that it's going to become a Netflix TV show. The cast features two more characters, Nick's friends, Tao, who is a straight Asian man, or I should probably say schoolboy, and Jasmine, who is a black trans girl and is also played by a black queer actress. So I think when it comes to casting, they've done everything right here. Uh, they've allowed queer talent to take the opportunity to play queer characters. I just hope that the storyline kind of stacks up because, you know, when they adapt stories from like books and graphic novels, they change things or it can just be a bit cringe on TV, which you don't expect from gra- uh, graphic novels. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping that the TV show is great. And we might be a bit old in this room uh, for this show because it is kind of like, you know, South and, well you're not a 16 year old school girl, are you
1: <laughs> i am in my head
2: <laughs> but yes. it's great it's great that young queers get the representation in media that they need and deserve on like you know big platforms like broadcast platforms like netflix so yeah i'm really looking forward to it. have you guys read the book I
1: have nope.
2: not. <laughs> it's very quick. It's mostly pictures. That's the only reason I picked it up.
1: Oh my God. Amazing. I can definitely do a picture book. My attention span is, is not, is not very vast. So yeah, I've seen, I've seen it everywhere though. When I go to mm-hmm. like uh, comic book stores and stuff in the UK, yeah. there's like a little LGBT section and it just has Heartstopper and like literally nothing else.
2: Yeah. When I read it, it was just super cute because I, obviously it's these two boys like learning to love each other and learning that they do like each other. Um, and they kind of both have different struggles. So Charlie, Charlie is like out um, in school, has been bullied, has been like used by boys before who don't want to come out. Um, and then Nick kind of sees that Charlie's been bullied and, you know, they become a start friendship. But Nick kind of is sorry. Charlie kind of assumes that Nick is straight because of the way he acts. So it's really interesting. And I think when I was reading the book, like being an old season queen like me, like re- <laughs> reading, reading, the book and like reading the bits where they text each other is is so cute and so real. And I'm like, oh, that's what it feels like to be in love at that age. So it's kind of, it's very heartwarming. When I say it's heartwarming, it's very heartwarming. And I'm just curious to see how that translates.
1: It sounds um, very similar to Love, Simon. Mm-hmm, it does.
2: Yeah, but it's British.
1: Okay. Okay, we'll take it. We'll take yeah.
2: it. I've never watched Love, Simon. I still, I will probably say oh. it's like every, every four episodes or
1: something, but I should probably get around right to that. You definitely should. Okay. Love, Simon was very, very um, stereotypy and very American mm. and very like perfect, but it was cute all the same i still cried
3: yeah i still get mad at his friends though <laughs>
1: yeah idiots oh what, what are the friends we, do? we can't
3: spoil it for you okay. Spoilers. Or spoilers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but also in the news like we've got superheroes like superman and green arrow coming out with kind of bisexual and asexual storylines as well so there's a lot of kind of stuff out there that you know in the mainstream kind of comic books and graphic novels and all other media's Uh, representing all parts of the LGBTQ spectrum. I guess my only criticism is that a lot of these storylines are very palatable and they are kind of not diluted, but like, you know, this is a story about cis white school kids having a romance and it's not stuff like that's a bit more real and a bit more gritty, probably won't get the funding from Netflix to be a show because it's not like, palatable for a wider audience but you know i sometimes i'm just like when we talk about stuff like this i'm like oh you know it's good that the first step's done and then it will open the doors for other stuff but i'm like how long you, how many more years can we say that
3: mm-hmm. yeah. it's true
2: yeah. yeah
1: you're right we've got people like shiver you know making that stuff and netflix did um did commission that to be made mm-hmm. so I, I feel like progress is definitely happening but you're right it it takes way too long and there's mm-hmm. definitely an audience for it queers would love something that isn't a white gay man finding love yeah. once again because i'm
3: sick of it <laughs> i mean while i love things like the bfi Flare festival it would be lovely to just be able to put stuff on netflix and just mm. be like oh yeah that represents my life rather than having to go to a specific queer film festival
1: and Netflix has money. Like mm. they, they, and they, they're not going to run out of space. They're not like yeah. fucking, you know, your old USB stick from high school. <laughs> they, you, they literally can just put a little section on that says B- BFI flair or queer fucking yeah. whatever. And yeah. you just put it on. Yeah. There's no excuses.
2: We've seen how these big companies are sometimes a bit cautious about LGBT representation. <laughs> Have you read about the uh, gay, I think there's a gay kiss in Buzz Lightyear that got taken out? and then put back in after the whole Florida, Florida don't say gay ban. Uh, and then off. also in the new Fantastic Beast film, it's been released in China without
1: like the gay Dumbledore mm. storyline. If you
3: can edit eight minutes out of your film, it ain't queer, baby.
1: Mm. Yeah, she and... <laughs> this is very true. Like it it's not a queer movie, is it? If if you know it's just a scene or a kiss. A single kiss mm. is not good enough. I want to see full frontal sexual intercourse in my children's films. Or not. <laughs> oh, or not. Okay. Or not. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. maybe not. Shit, <laughs> yeah, I got carried away. That's Never a mind. Never issue, mind. Spencer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Go. We see the straights doing it. Like, I'm not being funny. How many kids' films have adults? maybe not, maybe you don't see it all. It's not full on pornography, but girl, you see them like getting freaky in the sheets. And I don't think it's fair. So Spencer, what have you brought? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> besides, besides anger, besides anger and frustration. So my story is actually really wholesome. It's something that came up on Twitter this week, and I took it from Pink News. It was written by um, a good friend of ours, Josh Milton. And it, the, the headline is: People are writing moving letters to trans kids to show them that being trans is a gift. Now, most of our listeners will know, and obviously the three of us know, being trans in the UK and and you know across the world, in fact, is incredibly difficult. And in the UK specifically, um, the government are trying to just I think segregate the community more than anything and create divide and kind of put us against each other which is a great tactic but unfortunately mm-hmm. not one that works so they're gonna have to figure out a better plan I fortunately, think
3: fortunately not one that
1: works yeah wait did I say unfortunately <laughs> yeah. oh, fortunately I don't <laughs> want us to be divided I'm not transphobic I promise so under the hashtag letters for trans kids Trans, non-binary and gender non-conforming Twitter users told their own stories of basically their childhood, what it meant to be trans, but they were all like really positive, And like some of them were actually quite humorous. Um, and it's really nice to, to flip that on its head and go, oh, trans people are not just victims. They're not just assaulted. They're not just abused. They're not just, you know, um, you know, the butt of a joke. Trans people actually are able to flourish in some parts of the world and are able to like live their best life. You know, sometimes there are obviously going to be restrictions and stuff to that, and it's going to be slightly more difficult than your average person, but it is possible. And these letters really outlined that. Um, so it was it was really nice to read some of these. Um, one of the ones that stood out to me that really made me chuckle was um a trans kid um, that said, until I had sex education in year five, I was really convinced that I was just a really late starter at being a boy. Um, re- and <laughs> I thought that one day my dick was just going to grow. He said he used to, he'd, he'd always look at the other boys and sometimes even men in public and question what age they got their dick. And I love that because it's like, <laughs> They just thought their their penis was going to grow at some stage later in life. Um, and what a, what a great perspective to walk around the world as a kid in year five, you know, wondering <laughs> when is this going to happen? Um, and then it kind of said later on in this letter, you know, I didn't need that to grow. I didn't need that to happen for me to become a boy. I was a boy the whole time. And it's really, really special to hear that, you know. I think a lot of the questions around transness refer to people's genitalia and people's aesthetic and the truth is if you feel like a man you feel like a woman you feel non-binary you feel like rejecting gender entirely that's it that's as much as you need to say or do or validate in your head it doesn't even have to be out loud and and you get to be who you want to be now obviously you know the world doesn't make that easy but hopefully we're moving in the right direction bit by bit by bit and the community should definitely have your back Letters for Trans Kids hashtag was started by Ina Fried, who uh, is the chief technology correspondent for Axios. I don't know what that is. If that company is known for transphobia or homophobia, I apologize. I don't know. (laughs) I didn't do my research. Um, But she wanted to find a way to support trans and non-binary youth amid anti-trans legislative onslaught in America. But it it blew up and it was really special. And um, it's such a simple act to do to give people insight into you know positive trans lives and it's and it's a testament to show that you know people can be supported they can be affirmed and they can be loved and one of the biggest questions to come out of this is what if the adults of these trans kids accepted them supported them and loved them instead of abandoning them what difference would that make to a trans child's life and we already know the answer to that but I want to see it in action so I'm I'm just like riled up but also like feel very cute so for any of our listeners just have a look at letters for trans kids on Twitter and you'll see all of these gorgeous letters people have written and you'll have a little cry and it'll be super cute
3: can't wait to go and read that whole hashtag later
1: yeah and have a little cry in your bed with some bread (laughs) and some Ben and Jerry's yeah I treat
3: myself to a bath and a cry oh Oh, lovely lovely
1: (laughs) That's like
2: such a lovely campaign. I love seeing campaigns like that because often when we talk about trans rights, trans issues, mostly from the other side of that kind of debate, it's debated as if it's hypothetical experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and campaigns like this really help to show real insight into what it's like as a trans person, especially a young trans person. It's true. Um, so I think it's just, it's just fantastic for that reason. And I, th- I recommend all listeners to, um, go and read it.
3: And I think on that note, a lot of charities that focus on trans youth tend to actually focus on parents of trans youth and talk about parents like being a parent of a trans youth like it's being a loss rather than it being a massive like gain to your life that you have this incredible child in your life who can teach you to be a more open wonderful interested person um and do good for the world and I think that rather than focusing on parents all the time it's like so nice to see something that focuses on actual young trans people rather than being like about transparent the parents of trans youth which is also super important because obviously there's parents who don't support their kids and they need to be supported to support their kids but the kids need support too because it's trans youth that is facing genocide at the moment so mm. you know
1: yeah it's not just the validation from the parents that they need mm-hmm. and also sometimes they don't even need that to exist right like we don't all need the validation of our parents. We a lot exist of anyway. People, yeah amen exactly like a lot of queer people have you know not so great relationships with their parents and I think putting such a huge focus on that can sometimes ignore some of the issues that the actual um, trans individual are facing so mm-hmm. trans youth to the front of the of the fight, of the forefront, yeah. of the everything, of the campaigns, <laughs> of the Twitter letters, <laughs> of, the, of the everything. Yay.
4: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Now, I did not just play the Doctor Who theme tune at the beginning of this episode (laughs) for no reason at all. Sheena, please enlighten us. Why did I do such a crazy thing on our episode?
3: Because there is a new spin-off podcast written by best-selling author Juno Dawson, acted in by incredible trans actress and love of my life, Charlie Craggs, um, who is... You know, basically I've just been given an excuse to just fangirl over Juno and Charlie right now for a sec, but also <laughs> Doctor Who, which, uh, you know, three of my great loves. So for people who don't know about Student Pride, the other week was Student Pride. Mufseen and Spencer hosted an award, our awards on our main stage, um, which was also co-hosted by the lovely Juno Dawson. And Charlie Craggs was there a lot as well. She was on our um, body image panel. She was on our quiz, cheers, quiz. She was on our quiz last year as well. And like Charlie and I are now at the point where, you know, I consider her a, like, I consider her a friend. I don't know if she feels the same, but you know, we're <laughs> getting there. Um, so to see somebody who I know star in a spin-off podcast story about Doctor Who, which is something that as a young queer person, I felt such representation watching. Now, I'm old enough that Ace was like the companion when I was growing up. And I know that everybody's like, well, Ace isn't canonically queer. Now, you could have told nine-year-old me that till the cows come home. But Ace was queer Ace was, and it took me, like, I had to go and Wikipedia it when I grew up because I just did not believe that Ace just wasn't canonically queer. And the article that I'm talking about is from The Metro, which is one of very few papers to have talked about the fact that we have a spin off of Doctor Who written by a trans woman, starring a trans woman. There's not been enough press given to that. Like, Juno's an incredible author, whether she's trans or not, and her books are amazing. And I can't imagine that this isn't like, the episode one was amazing. And the rest of the series isn't going to be incredible. One of the things that I love that Juno said about this was that Doctor Who's always been really queer, even before Russell T. Davis. Now, obviously, Russell T. Davis is the mastermind who gave us It's a Sin, who gave us Queer as Folk, who's given us so many of the moments of television that have defined generations of queer people. And Doctor Who, for me, is one of those. And when Doctor Who was brought back by Russell T Davies, obviously he gave us Captain Jack, who was openly bi-man. And then we got Torchwood, where we had him being in an open relationship with a man. And, you know, that was unthinkable 10 years earlier on TV. But then this year, we got the female companion of a female Doctor Who Talking about her romantic love for the doctor. And what I loved about that episode was it was done in almost exactly the same way that every other companion has discussed their love for the doctor. And what I love about queer love and queer representation when it's shown in media is when it's shown to be like not revolutionary, where it's just done and it's just dealt with in the same way because we love just like everybody else loves. Every act of love is revolutionary, but it doesn't have to suddenly be. A massive big fanfare. It was quiet, it was understated, it was beautifully done. And now we have this spin-off that Juno has described as just three geeky girls who run a podcast about this blue box that has been seen through history. So it's basically like almost fan fiction about Doctor Who, but it's part of the canon universe and it's been officially endorsed by the BBC, which when you consider how the BBC is not always the kindest to our community, particularly to our trans siblings. Um, It's quite telling that BBC Sounds were able to produce something that is not transphobic, is not queerphobic, celebrates a trans actress in a trans lead role, which is so important, particularly when so many of our leading roles get given to straight people or cis people who are not representative of us. So that's my very excited good news. And it <laughs> meant I got to talk about student pride as well, which, you know. We'll never miss a chance to talk no. about student no. pride.
2: <laughs> but it was great to uh, meet Juno. Like, Juno's She's a proper amazing. professional, lovely person, and a great writer.
3: Absolute babe. Like I've been reading Juno's books for years and now I feel like, you know, it's like, it, it doesn't feel like being a celebrity anymore, which is really nice.
1: Yeah, but she, she was, she was very down to earth when we mm. met and um, this was the first time I'd met her in real life everyone we met at student pride was like oh i already know him, I've seen from twitter i've seen i've seen his tits on twitter and i'm like great i'm like well anyway i'm I've seen sidekick so you know it's great to meet you
3: just need to get your tits out more Spenny. yeah
1: I, i'm working on it i'm working on it
3: i've been working on getting mine out more recently Girl, I have Not seen twice you. in two weeks
1: i can't believe it we're just <laughs> getting full frontal tittage from you
3: and I love that. Like,
2: you're both learning from the best i mean, yeah. <laughs>
3: I've, I mean I've learned from Charlie Craig's actually. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she loves to get tits out. And we love it. We love titties.
2: So, like, with Doctor Who, I might actually listen to this, because I've kind of fallen out of Doctor Who for a bit.
3: Same. I watched the Christmas episode because I had had a heads up that there was queer shit. So <laughs> yeah. I watched it after a bit of a hiatus of a few years where I'd kind of... I know that there had been a character who was I think in one of the spin-offs who was queer and there was a, a non-binary character I think who was one of the anyway there was some there was some queerness in the last few seasons but not anything that like grabbed me in past having kind of lost the thread yeah um but I watched that and was like oh yes and <laughs> then has therefore watched the specials because I was like and rooting for these two like even though I'm very much always been somebody who's like hate when the companions fall in love with the doctor it feels so trite but it felt so trite when it was straight it doesn't feel so trite when it's queer and so straight after the episode on sunday there was the first episode of the podcast that Juno has written. So it's now out there, episode one. Go and listen. We will, we will.
1: Who is your favourite companion? I was going to ask who your favourite doctor is, but I feel like we'd all have a similar answer. So I want to know who's your favourite companion. Hmm. Mine was probably Catherine Tate, she's just so funny.
3: Modern or old? Any. Favourite doctor would be Christopher Eccleston. Okay. Mm -hmm. Favourite companion it would have been Rose till they kept bringing her back over and over and over and over again and kind of ruined everything that was special about her. So I'm going to go with Catherine Tate as well.
1: Okay. I was I was leaning more towards Martha Cox. Was that her full name? I did love Martha. Yeah, she she was, was given a raw deal. Yeah, but she was a good time and she was very like, I don't think like she took any shit from the doctor. Mm-hmm. Although Catherine Tate was also very that. She was Catherine Tate played Catherine Tate, though, so I don't feel like she deserves credit for that, you know? Yeah, I mean,
3: I loved Martha, apart from when, again, when they wrote her falling in love with the Doctor, and then I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, she's too badass for this. I don't want her to just fall in love with the Doctor.
1: I agree. So, yeah. No, but nothing can beat the Doctor Donna story. Sorry. It's true. Oh, yeah, that was so, so clever. Doctor Who is fucking clever. Mm-hmm. I think the reason, the reason queer people love shows like Doctor Who is because it's so peculiar and ridiculous that you actually (laughs) relate and feel normal watching it (laughs) um it just it's kind of an escape but also like uh, something that you can just kind of sit and feel calm in yeah and I love that
3: and obviously we had that little nod to Doctor Who in It's a Sin as well. So I'm hopeful that yeah. Russell T Davis will somehow give a nod back to It's a Sin now that he's taken back over.
2: Ooh. Maybe we'll just get Ollie Alexander Yeah, and Doctor Who. Well, that's my, <laughs> my hope.
3: I just want Olly Alexander as the Doctor. Or that. any of the cast of It's a Sin because they were so incredible.
1: Okay, so... What a wonderful news episode. We've got a new queer Netflix show. We've got some wholesome trans letters that you can read on Twitter. And we've got a podcast you can listen to through the BBC and all of your favourite streaming platforms. So basically, we've just given you a lot to take away from this episode. Have. And to consume. <laughs> and you are ever so welcome. And Sheena,
2: before we travel back into the future and say bye to you, do you have any parting messages for our listeners?
3: Come to Queer Talk Live. Yeah. Ah, yes! <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you for plugging us on our show <laughs>
1: Honestly, God, Mufsine, I, I was thinking about this this morning I was like we've never once mentioned that a show is coming up on, a, on an episode literally yeah. where our somewhat fan base exists all, all four of them so w- like what a, what a missed opportunity yeah well the yeah. next show is on the
2: 21st of April
3: will this be out before that? <laughs> this well. is coming out <laughs>
2: yeah regular shows at the Stag in London, Knoxville <laughs> every month usually so there's always an opportunity to see us on stage uh, with amazing drag performers we've got the Beyonce experience coming up and June's show is TBC
1: and May's show all the shows are TBC
3: everything's TBC till it happens
1: do not forget to let us know that you have listened to the show on social media we are on Instagram at queer underscore talk and on Twitter we are queer talk underscore until next time Bye. bye <laughs>
4: has been trying
1: Yes.
4: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers.